Amen. Why don't we turn in our Bibles to the book of Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. If you're a guest with us, we've been in a series. This is called Advent. The season is called Advent. And we've been in a series titled For Us. For Us. I think it's fitting that today we're going to look at the characteristic of God through His Son Jesus as Everlasting Father. Everlasting Father. And Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 1 says, But there be no darkness. There will be no darkness for those who are in trouble. There will be no darkness for those who are in trouble. Earlier he did bring the lands as a Lebanon and Naphtali into disrepute. But the time is coming when he'll make that whole area glorious. The road along the sea, the country past the Jordan, international Galilee. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. It is my deepest prayer that if you find yourself walking in, through, or approaching darkness, that you would too see a great light. For those who lived in a land of deep shadows, light, sunbursts of light. You repopulated the nation, you expanded its joy. Oh, they're so glad in your presence. Festival joy. The joy of a great celebration, sharing rich gifts and warm greetings. The abuse of oppressors and cruelty of tyrants, all their whips and clubs and curses is gone, done away with. A deliverance as surpassing and sudden as Gideon's old victory over Midian. The boots of all those invading troops, along with their shirts soaked with innocent blood, will be piled up in a heap and burned. A a fire that will burn for days. For a child has been born for us, the gift of a son for us, and he'll take over the running of the world. His names will be Amazing Counselor, Strong God, Eternal Father, Prince of Wholeness. His ruling authority will grow and there will be no limits to the wholeness he brings. He'll rule from the historic David throne over that promised kingdom and he'll put that kingdom on a firm footing. And keep it going with fair dealing and right living, beginning now and lasting always. The zeal of God of the angels' armies will do all of this. For a child has been born for us, the gift of a son for us, for you, for me, for us. Let me pray. Father, I pray that today the word that you have for us would be a lamp unto our feet. I pray that it would light our path and it would speak to each of us. It would awaken us and it would draw each of us closer to you. It would strengthen us so that we might live according to your purpose for our life today and every day going forward. In your son's name we pray. Amen. This season of Advent, we've been learning who and what Jesus came to do for us. Somebody say for us. And it's through this text that we're learning and discovering that the promise is that ultimately Jesus came for us to be a light to those who walk in darkness. He came to be a light for those who find themselves in a season of darkness. He he came to be a light for those who feel as if darkness is closing in on your life. He came for us to be a wonderful counselor. A couple weeks ago we discovered that That is an incomprehensible advisor. 
Last week, we discovered that he came for us to be a mighty God. In other words, he came to be El Gabon. He became to be our hero. We all declared last week that we needed a hero. I need a hero. This morning, we're going to look and discover what it means that he came to be an everlasting father. And then next week, we're going to look at what he meant when he said, I came for us to be the prince of peace. I want to remind us that these were not intended to be the literal names of Jesus. Instead, they are a fulfillment of a promise, aspects of his character. They describe who he is and what he has come to do for us. Somebody say, for us. And I think it's important to note that, especially today when we're looking at what Isaiah was saying or prophesying about Jesus when he said that he would come for us and be called Everlasting Father. Everlasting Father. Everlasting Father. You see, the symbolic use of the Hebrew word father was an expression for possessor of. You know, like when your kids do something that you're proud of, you're like, that's my son or that's my daughter. When they do something you're not so proud of, you turn to your spouse and say, that's your son, that's your daughter. It's no different Today, as it was back then, the, the Hebrew word was, was an expression of a possessor of, meaning that he became a child in time through his birth. This is Jesus we're talking about. But he is the father and possessor of eternity, which is helpful to know because if we're to look at the meaning of the name everlasting father, this is what we would discover. The Hebrew word for everlasting or eternal is ad, perpetuity, forever. Without end. We were singing earlier, forever and ever and ever, no periods. And the Hebrew word for father is ab, which means father. I know, really deep and meaningful. And so if we took the Hebrew construction of this phrase, father is the primary noun. And everlasting or eternal, depending on how your text reads, is the term that describes his fatherhood. He is Father forever and ever and ever. To which we see in the very next verse in our text, in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 7, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Here's the reality I have come to understand is that one day, as much as I always want to be the father of my sons, there will be an end to that day. I will inevitably be called home. Whatever the circumstances might be, this is a temporary arrangement in which he's trusted into my care the responsibility and the honor to shepherd and to form and to guide my sons in full pursuit of whom? Him. I am their father on earth. However, my responsibility is to take them by the hand as their father on earth and as my sons and walk them towards the father who is in heaven. And the way in which we do that is through a personal revelation and relationship with Jesus. Which is why it reads that there is no end, that he is 
the Father forever or everlasting Father. He, there is no end to His fatherhood. There's no end to His love. There's no end to His grace. There's no end to His forgiveness. My sons can do something and I could still find it difficult to forgive them. Yet the Father who is in heaven through His Son wanted you to know that He came for you as an everlasting Father, a Father forever that would always offer you grace and love and mercy and forgiveness for us an everlasting father who will be a father forever somebody say forever I want to recognize that, that it might be hard for us in this context to see the promise, in this case, Jesus as an everlasting father, because it could be difficult to wrap our head around this context, this, this, this construct. And if I had a lot of time to go on a very deep and meaningful theological and then unpack the theological to bring you back to Revelation... I would do that. But for the sake of time, I want to simply offer you this. Because we know that our Father is in heaven, and through His Son, He became incarnate, which means He put flesh on and moved into the neighborhood and dwelt among us for a season. And then through the promise of His Spirit who came to be a helper for us, enables God the Father through His Son, and now by way of His Spirit, to be Emmanuel, God, with us. Y'all are going to have to run that back later in the week. So we know that in the Trinity, there are three. If you're getting a little lesson here, just, pay, just hold on for a second. There are three. There's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yet we know that while there are three, they are all, in fact, one. One. God the Father knew that in order to save humanity, He needed to send His Son, so He came for us, as an everlasting father, a father forever. Have I completely lost you all? Hang with me. I thought it might be best for me to go to somebody with a little bit more definition. And I like how Spurgeon put this construct. He says it this way, It is necessary at the onset to observe that the Messiah, who is Jesus, is not here called Father. By way of any confusion with him who is preeminently called the Father, our Lord's proper name, so far as Godhead is concerned, is not the Father, but the Son. Let us beware of confusion. The Son is not the Father, neither is the Father the Son. And though they be one God, essentially and eternally, being forevermore one and indivisible, Yet still, the distinction of persons is not to be carefully believed and observed. For the mere word persons, we do not contend. It is but a makeshift word. Although we know not what better term to use, but the fact is all important that the Father is not the Son, and the Son is not the Father. Our text has no bearing upon the position and titles of the three persons with regard to each other. It does not indicate the relation of deity to itself, but the relation of Jesus Christ to us. He is to us the everlasting Father. The relation of Jesus Christ to us, He is to us, or as we have said, for us, the everlasting Father. The everlasting Father. That may have helped you. 
that may have confused you. <laughs> Nonetheless, let me break it down even more simply for you. As I reflected on this promise, and I considered the characteristics of who and why Jesus came, I am encouraged to know that while he is in fact not our heavenly father, he did come to us and for us as everlasting father, eternal father, father forever, a father who says he will never leave you nor forsake you. I like to uh, use the word abandon you. It was Jesus who came for me and revealed himself to me as everlasting father that gave me the assurance and confidence that no matter what happened between me and my earthly father, he will in fact not leave me nor abandon me. And in light of all this, we have identified the characteristics of Jesus. And in the same context, we have been identifying the definitions of darkness. Those who walk in darkness have seen a great light. There will be no more darkness for those who come to understand who and why Jesus came for you. And those definitions are, are simply this, obscurity, if you're catching up. The, the feeling of being unknown or unimportant. Secrets or, 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 or secret places in which you've operated or had to operate based on circumstances or situations. The, the feeling of distress, dread, and terror. Darkness is defined as, as somebody who is mourning, who is going through a deep mourning period or season. It can be described as somebody who's dealing with the perplexities of life or, or is operating in a perplexed state. Darkness is defined as ignorance, the lack of knowledge or information on something. Yes, darkness is also defined as evil and sin. And what dawned on me was that while these are definitions or types of darkness we might be facing or walking through, I also came to this realization this week, they are also characteristics of the enemy, who Paul tells us very clearly is the prince of darkness. And so while we're looking at the characteristics of who Jesus is, let us not be mistaken that these definitions of darkness are also the characteristics of the enemy. Let's just give him a name, Satan, who isn't a red-headed, fiery, pitchfork-chasing individual. He is beautiful. He is cunning. He is conniving. He will slip up in your DMs and all of a sudden start sending you messages that make you feel all kinds of some kind of way. He is all good, and he is all powerful, and he is all beautiful, and he comes in the form, in the character of obscurity, of secrets, of distress, of dread, of terror, of mourning, of perplexities, of ignorance, of evil, and sin, which then led me to look at the characteristics of darkness through the lens of Jesus as everlasting Father. It caused me to look at them through the lens of a father. And it led me to this, this insert that I found in my study that I thought would be helpful as I, as I, as I just bring this to a clarifying point. In ancient times, eternal Father or everlasting Father would be identified as the father of the nation. In this context, we're talking about the nation of Israel. 
and was viewed in much the same way as the father of a family. It was the father who was to protect and provide for his children. In the same way, this child to be born will become a king who will be a father to the children of Israel. He will protect and provide for them. And his role as protector and provider will not be limited by aging or death. His role as father, protector, and provider will continue in perpetuity forever without end. Which means that what was being promised is that for us and through Jesus as everlasting father, he was coming to protect and to provide for us forever and ever and ever which as a father I can relate if I just stop for a second and I and I consider the role of a father if I were to just if somebody asked me what was your primary role as a father what would be your instincts as a father I would tell you without wavering without flinching that my role is to protect my family In Genesis, it tells Adam that he was placed in the garden to care and tend for the garden. I translate that to care and protect for the garden in which God has trusted into my care. My wife and my children are my responsibility as his vessel to protect and care for my children. And so I think about this moment when London was really little. I didn't ask him if I could share this story, but, but it's okay because it's not an embarrassing one. He was just a little, little boy, and we were out at a playground in, 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 in Burbank, California, where we lived, and, and there was this massive playground that he was playing on. It's Jungle Gym, and, and we were having the best time, and he's having fun, and we're having fun, and Katie's pregnant with Lincoln, and so it's just a big fun mess, and I'm obviously the one that's got to be sure I can get up and go pretty quickly, because, you know, London's just on this little adventure uh, of a lifetime, living this best life, and, you know, when they're little, they still don't have any uh, kind of idea of depth perception. They don't realize how far that might be, and I remember London kind of kind of just walked back like this and he kind of looked out and I could tell what was happening he was looking to jump and I think in his mind I was going to be there to catch him what's your first instinct as a father don't jump I'm not close enough to catch you yet and he gets all the way up and it was like this out-of-body experience and he was just like and I'm just watching this play out and I'm like oh my gosh I failed as a father sure enough London pops back up and he shakes off the sand and he goes do it again and I'm like no (laughs) fathers I think for a second you can maybe relate to that same scenario or if you're riding in the car and you're still questioning whether or not your son's old enough to ride in the front seat with you You know, you did all the research, you did all the Google searches, and you came to this same conclusion. You're like, well, use your best judgment. He looks big enough. And then all of a sudden, you have this moment where a car is coming at you, and you're not exactly sure whether they're going to hit you or you're going to hit them. But instead of worrying about yourself, your first instinct is to do what? Stick your arm out and to protect your son. To protect your son. To protect your children. Or if they're little and they're, and, and they're in their room and they're crying out to you for the 700th time. And you're thinking, man, these guys are good salesmen. One day they're going to make us a lot of money, baby. 
because you've been up there 700 times tonight and daddy's a little lonely. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And all they're doing is they're crying out in the middle of the dark because they're what? Afraid of the dark. And as a father, you recognize it is your opportunity to either be frustrated, discouraged, even angry, which sometimes we are. Or you open the door, you walk inside, you look under the bed, you look in the closet, you ensure that there's no boogeyman and there's no monsters anywhere to be seen. And you either do one of two things. You sit at the edge of their bed until they fall asleep, or you sit inside the door protecting it from anybody coming on the other side to ensure that they're what? Safe. You see, I realized this week that maybe you are not walking through a season of darkness. Maybe you're unsure whether or not you're walking in a season of darkness. But rather, instead, I thought maybe it's possible that, not, that darkness might be knocking on your door. The darkness might be knocking on your door. Maybe, maybe it's just around the corner and you don't realize it. But out of nowhere, a car is going to come for the left or the right. And all of a sudden, you come face to face with this moment where you're not exactly sure what to do, how to respond. And maybe, just maybe, you might find yourself in this season recognizing that you are, in fact, in need of an everlasting father whose first instinct is to protect you and provide safety for you. Can I ask you a question this morning? Are you afraid of the dark? Are you afraid of the dark? I know some of us are thinking, come on, man, look at me. I'm not afraid of the dark. Let me be the first one to tell you, I am without question afraid of the dark. Not afraid to admit it. I don't like horror movies. I don't like going into dark places by myself. But I assure you this, that as a father and as a husband and as a friend, I don't care what side of the bed I sleep on so long as I'm sleeping on the side of the bed that's closest to the door. So that if anybody comes through those doors or any darkness tries to knock on the front door of my house or on my bedroom door or on my children's doors, you best believe I'm going to get up to protect and keep my family safe. And maybe, just maybe, there's some people in the room that are feeling in this moment like, man, I don't know if I have anybody like that in my life. That if darkness were to knock on the door of my life right now, would I have somebody who would jump to my aid to protect me and keep me safe? I might go as far as saying this, and I hope, I hope you hear this in the spirit in which I'm about to ask it. That maybe, maybe, just maybe you find yourself in this season because your earthly father has let you down. There was a moment in time where you were desperate for somebody to protect you and keep you safe. And that person failed you. 
And so you have a very difficult time and you have a, a very difficult situation on your, in your hand to, de- to decipher whether or not you can believe that Jesus would come for you as an everlasting father whose primary responsibility is to do the very thing that somebody on earth never demonstrated for you. How in the world am I supposed to believe somebody I can't see, I've never had a relationship with, I can't experience, could actually on my behalf be willing to put his arm out in front of me and protect me from going through the windshield or jumping up in the middle of the most chaotic moment and catching me when I decide to jump off the cliff or better yet actually reach in from behind me and pull me back to ensure that I don't fall off face first. But I assure you this, friends, that he did in fact come for you as everlasting father to keep you safe and protect you from the dark. So let me ask you this question. If darkness was knocking on your door, would you feel safe, prepared, strong enough to overcome it? Or would you feel scared, fearful, and overwhelmed by its presence? Would you stand with me this morning? Over these last couple weeks, we've come to to understand that Jesus came for us. And for some of us, he came to guide us. Can I just invite you to close your eyes? It's just a way for you to just drown out all the noise and all the distractions and just, just give me a few more moments here. A lot to celebrate today and a lot to, to honor. But none more important than this moment right here. For some of us, Jesus has come for us to guide us, to be a wonderful counselor, to be an incomprehensible advisor. For some of us, we've come to know Jesus, that he came for us to to rescue us, to be a mighty God, to be our hero. But maybe today, for some of us, today he's coming for you as an everlasting father to protect you and to provide safety for you. To ensure that if darkness did come knocking at your door, you'd feel safe, you'd feel protected, you'd feel cared for. So let me ask you a question again. Are you afraid of the dark? What if today was the day that you quit being scared of the dark? What if today was the day that you came to know that Jesus came for you to protect you? and provide for you right here and right now. And to ensure that from this moment forward, that when darkness does come, and oh, let me just remind you, it will. But you don't have to be afraid anymore. Because you will have an everlasting Father, a Father forever, to protect and provide for you. Just with every eye closed, if that's you this morning, If that's you this morning, you're afraid of the dark. You need a father who's going to protect you, who's going to keep you safe, who's going to meet you right where you are, put his arm out to provide safety for you. But as he's putting his arm out to provide safety, he's also extending the hand of grace and love 
and truth. Not just for today, but forever. If that's you this morning, with every eye closed, and you're afraid of the dark, you need a father to come into this moment right now to be everlasting. Would you just do something really brave and just lift your hands to heaven and say, that's me. That's me. I need a father. I'm afraid of the dark. Right across this room. Just everybody just to stay, stay fully attentive to this moment. No one's looking. It's not to embarrass anybody. It's between you and the Lord. I'm afraid of the dark. I'm afraid of what might be knocking on the door. I'm afraid of what might be right around the corner. Heck, I'm not even sure if I know what is coming. But one thing I do know is that I don't feel safe if it does. I don't feel like I'm protected if it does. What if today was the day that you invited the everlasting Father into your life? What if today was the day that you got really honest with him and said, that's me. I'm afraid of the dark. I want to know you as the everlasting Father. Beautiful. This is why I think this moment is so beautiful. Just stay here. Keep your hands raised. Jesus says, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Isn't it so beautiful that the prophecy, the promise was that Jesus would come for us as everlasting Father, and yet his primary objective is to be the way, the truth, and the life to ensure that through him we would be led into a relationship with our Father in heaven. And that as he comes into your life, he would in fact fulfill the ultimate promise, and that is he would be Emmanuel, God with you forever and ever. If that's you this morning, maybe you're just over the last couple of weeks reflecting, I need a wonderful counselor, I need a mighty God, but, but, but for some of us, especially today, we need an everlasting Father. I want to pray this psalm over you, and then we're going to take communion together. Psalm 91 and I'm going to read it to you out of the Good News Translation, which is something I've never done before. And the title of this psalm in the Good News Translation is God Our Protector. Just lift your hands if that's you. you. You need God to come for you in this season. You need a mighty God. You need a wonderful counselor. You need an everlasting Father. Let me read this psalm over you. Whoever goes to the Lord for safety... Whoever remains under the protection of the Almighty can say to him, You are my defender and protector. You are my God. In you I trust. He will keep you safe from all hidden dangers and from all deadly diseases. He will cover you with his wings. You will be safe in his care. His faithfulness will protect and defend you. You need not fear any dangers at night or sudden attacks during the day or the plagues that strike in the dark or the evils that kill in daylight. A thousand may fall dead beside you, 10,000 all around you, but you will not be harmed. You will look and see how the wicked are punished. You have made the Lord your defender, the most high your protector. And so no disaster will strike you no violence will come near your home. God will put his angels in charge of you to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands to keep you from hurting your feet on those stones. 
You will trample down lions and snakes, fierce lions and poisonous snakes. God says, I will save those who love me and will protect those who acknowledge me as Lord. When they call to me, he says, I will answer them. When they are in trouble, I will be with them. I will rescue them and I will honor them and I will reward them with long life. I will save them. Father, I pray that today, for those of us who are in need of an everlasting Father, for those of us who are unsure if we need an everlasting Father, I pray that today we would be invited and reminded that no matter what the circumstances of our past are, no matter what the circumstances of our presence are, and no matter what the future holds, we can rest assured that your Son Jesus came for us to be a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting Father. And today I pray that somebody would know you in that way and that they would be transformed from the inside out. And as a result, they would no longer rely on the patterns and the things of this world for answers, but they would put their full trust in you, that they would call on you for safety. They will call on you for refuge. They will call on you for healing. And as we call out, Father, you will answer and you will say, I am here. I am your father. You are my son. You are my daughter in whom I am well pleased. And I love you and I forgive you and I have a purpose for your life. So Father, today, let us experience, let us encounter the Son who you sent for us to be everlasting Father. That regardless of what the world has done to us, regardless of the relationship with our earthly Father, we can be assured that you are Father forever and ever and ever. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen and Amen.